0: Hello, and welcome back to the jitsu Blues Podcast. I'm Kelty.
1: I'm Marty. And I'm the guest.
2: <laughs> we have a guest today.
0: His name is John, um, and today we are talking about therapy.
2: What kind of therapy?
0: <laughs> I mean, we'll get into, I think, all of it. And I think the bigger question that we're going to be exploring is, is Jiu-Jitsu therapy? And is it responsible Um, to call it therapy, Mm -hmm. I think is an interesting question. That
2: is a good question. I have a question for you. Why did you decide to be a guest on this specific topic?
1: I think because, uh, I have the most to say about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I suppose because I could relate to, uh, that on two major, uh, instances in my life over the last three years three or four years. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'd say let's get into it. Yeah, let's just get yeah, right let's into just it. Yeah, let's just get into
0: it. So what were the three, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, what were the three major instances? Yeah.
1: Um, well, two over the last three years. So I would say I could start with the beginning, which would be uh, how I got into Jiu Jitsu and how it um, really changed a lot of things in my life. Um, when I first got into jujitsu, I was like, <clears throat> kind of trying to make a lot of big changes and turns and pivot- it was a really big pivotal moment in my life where, um, I had just gone through like, uh, moving back here from living abroad. I was living in Africa for a number of years. So I was like resocializing, changing careers. Um, and I was like getting out of a big relationship, um, which was a really, really difficult situation that I was in. Um, I was at a very in-between stage in my life and I was like getting to the point where I was like, you know, getting to 30 approximately, like, you know, 27, 28 years old. And I just felt like at a real in-between juncture um, and I was Going back to school to re to change my career, and I was like partying a lot, and like I was like hanging out with old friends and uh, drinking quite a bit, and just being a bit irresponsible. Like I used to smoke as well, and but I've always been athletic, but I just like would continuously fuck that up in some way, <laughs> long, <right? laughs> and then okay. like. I was never so... I always wanted to be just so dedicated to something. I always really loved doing boxing and, and kickboxing and stuff, which I started doing in Africa. But it never really took hold. And I was at this point where I was like, okay, I'm going to quit smoking 100%. Uh, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm never going to drink again. And... Um, I didn't know what was going to keep me on that track. And just by happenstance, I found Jiu-Jitsu. It was just a few weird kind of turns that took me there. It was actually Russell who convinced me to do it. Yeah, They gave it a go. And when we were looking at, like, I remember we were looking on YouTube and he was like, look at this, man. Like, it's going to be awesome. Like, and I was just like, I I don't know man like like, what are they doing like they're just rubbing their faces on each other and keeping each other still like I don't understand (laughs) and then little did I know that it would just be like the most radical change in my life ever Uh, I fell in love with it immediately I went to like two classes um one of which was an open mat I think It was at a time where people were not being taken easy on each other, on new people, because I got like strangled, like probably (laughs) 20, 30 times in one open mat. I felt like I was sick for a week, you know, like, like your throat hurts. Yeah. And I, I later watched, it was funny, I was like YouTubing jujitsu stuff. I didn't even know who Eddie Bravo was, but I watched this little interview with him and he said he had a very similar experience his first time. And he was like, you could either walk away from that being humiliated and you're like I'll never put myself in that position again because most people would because that's what your ego is telling you to do or conversely you could say I need to learn how to do that to people <laughs> and uh <clears throat> it wasn't just about you know wanting to do that to people but I knew how it was making me feel and it was just changing everything um it Um, and then I met Quinn, my wife there, (laughs) and like, we just like completely fell in love super fast, got married right away, had two kids. Like we were, it was just like, everything has changed so much and and for Mm -hmm. the better. Um, but at that time, if we're like going into it, that's just like some good context to it. Mm -hmm. But to come back to therapy, it's like, um... I was trying to seek out a therapist and I, I even tried, you know, taking some, like, I was like really, really depressed at some stages of this re-socialization in my life and just feeling like kind of terrified and worthless in a lot of ways. And it was like very scary times actually. Um, And I think like, Therapy just never worked for me, necessarily. Like, I think it's great, and I would recommend it to most people. And not to say that I didn't find any help in it, but it's certainly, like, I'm, like, one, now I'm, like, one of those people who are, like, like, oh, uh, like, your car broke down? You need to do jiu Like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you're, like, you feel worthless and shitty? Like, you need to do jiu Like, I'm, like, one of those people now yeah people at my work make fun of me about that a lot but, <laughs> um but anyway it it did for sure it served as a purpose a, like a vehicle for me for like for for therapy and i and i had taken some antidepressants at some point and i just got off of them pretty fast within six to eight months um because i wasn't finding that was helpful and it was also like um if anyone's ever taken them before, there's, like, some weird side effects, right? You don't so, feel great. You don't feel great? No. no. Um, well, okay. Depends on which one you're taking. I don't want to say anybody listening who might be thinking about taking them or whatever. Like, it, they, they can help people. And it maybe helped me turn a corner in a dark time. Um, but it wasn't making me feel like myself. And I knew that. And um, when I got off of them, I actually felt great. <clears throat> For a, a few reasons. But, yeah, like jujitsu did turn into this like intense therapy thing whenever i felt like intense feelings of like those those things coming back like depression or anxiety or issues that like you know could be making me feel like worthless or shitty i would just like go push myself to to the limit physically and be stopping people from strangling me and i don't know it just works for me (laughs) That's, that's awesome um so I can talk about the other thing now or later, I don't know. What keep do you going, I think. Yeah, if you keep re- going, you're sure. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Oh, well, will will take turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz this is this is why I think this subject is so good because I th- I've I've tried to convince so many people to come to jiu-jitsu now I've realized the only people that I can force are my children <laughs> <laughs> and I will oh, um, yeah. I don't if they don't like it fine but like I, I think they will they will so so the other thing um was like just last uh two summers ago um uh at this point I'm with Quinn we have a baby together uh, we don't know about the second on the way yet, um, but my uh, I get the news from my brother that he has, um, like, a pretty severe case of leukemia, and then uh, we were dealing with that, and then as we were, like, saying our goodbyes to him to go into the hospital for intensive treatment, you've been through treatment right so you know like how that is yeah you don't know what's gonna happen um i'm like leaving his house and i get a call from my mom my mom and my mom's like hey how's it going uh (laughs) when quinn and i were at actually uh like a garden store getting some trees and stuff and then my mom was like yeah i need you guys you and quinn to come over and uh and I was like, this can't be good. Like what happened? Like between me leaving my brother's house, like I thought it was about him and I was like, what could this be? And I was really nervous at that point. I hadn't spent a lot. Like I hadn't seen physically my mom a lot because of COVID. And, um, it was like, so we go, we sit in the backyard, like we usually do. And then she was like, I, uh, have, I have cancer too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, the doctor said to think about it in terms of months kind of thing. And I was just like, just, just blown away, like shocked. And I got up and just hugged her and I hadn't hugged her in months because of COVID stuff. Yeah. And what I'll give like a shorter version than whatever. But what ensued was then my brother was like locked away in the hospital for a month. And my mom deteriorated and died in two weeks after that. And my mom was like my best friend. Like, yeah. like I, uh, she raised me. I didn't, my dad wasn't part of my life growing up. Uh, and her and her, my sister raised me. So it was just so devastating. Uh, my sister and I were fortunate enough to like take care of her at home. Um, because of my experience as a nurse and um yeah then like we uh i you know she died in my arms and it was um just the most uh, it was like if i didn't have my family like the one that i just started (laughs) i would have been especially if i was jonathan like two years prior or whatever i I, without jujitsu without quinn oh my god i don't even I don't know what would have happened to me to to be honest because my mom was like my rock and she said even like God, she was like I'm so glad that you found Quinn, you know, right before she died and she was like I feel like I can go now because you found her and um, so when that happened I was just devastated Um, and there was like a couple moments where I didn't know if I was gonna be okay, but at that time, then I took the time to really, really push myself at jujitsu, and uh, I uh, sh- was coming as much as possible and uh, just really, really immersing myself in in the in the beauty and horrors of being, you know like wrestling and strangling people yeah. and i it, it honestly one of the things that i said to my mom uh <clears throat> right before she passed away was this i was like of course like quinn um changed my life for the better for the best but i also said like you know jujitsu has like gotten me on the right track you know a lot of and I was like I promised her I was like I will continue with it I promise you I will and I was like it will give me that you know it will always be like this thing that I come back to to like make sure that I stay good for myself and for my family Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I think about her a lot when I'm rolling it's like a meditation moment you know and what's more therapeutic than that interesting (laughs) that's interesting and um before the last time I competed, <clears throat> I've never told anybody about this except for Quinn. But when I was driving there, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, "I know you're with me today." And when I went there, I like went before I got on the mat. I thought about her and I had tears coming into my eyes. And then, um, and then I like choked, choked the guy unconscious. <laughs> <conscious, laughs> yeah, <he> puts him <laughs> to sleep. Love you, mom. Love mom. You, mom. <laughs> but it's just like. I, I, like, knew that I couldn't lose because it was, like, this moment where... It, it's just, like, it's been transcendent for me uh, and intensely therapeutic. So that's why I wanted to talk about this today. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, my own personal experience is just, like... Fuck. Like, Haas told me not to say Jujutsu saved my life, but... <laughs> that's the direction we're going. That is the direction
2: we're going.
0: Wow. It's really... Lovely to hear you talk about that because I've only known you since you've done jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you before. So yeah. hearing that from you, I never I never would have thought that of you. Like, mm. you know, not that I think that you're this like squeaky clean guy. But...
1: Well, that is like, I think, a misconception that people have about me at jiu-jitsu. And it's like, like, Russell and I started together. And I think Russell and I have both changed so much for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, since starting jujitsu, I would let him tell his own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, maybe yeah. he'll come on the podcast. Yeah. he should. <laughs> he has a, I think
2: he, he has a very good story and um, background and interesting life that he has 100%. lived.
1: And he's very, he's like, um, he's really, inter, uh, like introspective and very easy to talk to as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, that's my. That's my story with it. I have a lot of other things that I can say and like, you guys can, we can get to know each other more outside of jujitsu too, because I feel like that's really important and really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my life has been like, absolutely has not been just like this perfect squeaky clean kind of thing. Like it's had some really weird times and really big ups and downs. It's always been intense, though. And it's always been... Yeah. And I needed something just as intense to keep me on track, in a way, right? Like a clean way of keeping on track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How do you follow that? Oh, boy. Good start. Good
2: start. Oof. Uh, opener. Well, that is a good opener. <laughs> so why do you think uh, like, therapy didn't actually work for you? What did you find wrong with it or what did you not like about it?
1: Well, I've tried to see a few different people, you know, and, um, to be honest, every time it's always, it's always, it had been the same thing over and over again. The way I'm talking right now, I would talk just like this and I would kind of lead the whole thing, which you're kind of, I don't know, sometimes supposed to do. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, every time I saw somebody, they would always say, Oh, well, I think you're fine. You know, like you sound great. And then I would like at times be like so incredibly depressed. (laughs) Like, yeah, I think I am fine. (laughs) Um, You're right. I'm great. Thanks. See you later. It was just kind of like that. uh, It was always the same conversation it felt like. Um, And then it was always like, here's some pamphlets and some workbooks on uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I think you're fine though. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> it was always the same thing I don't like that so maybe I was seeing the wrong people um, but I also just like wouldn't maybe if I walked away with a little bit of clarity that's great but man I would not like the kind of mental and like also just the conversations I have after jiu-jitsu with like um, my friends who stick around like even today really make me think and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just have never found anything as therapeutic as, as jujitsu and ex- intense exercise, intense physical exercise. So,
3: hmm. Yeah.
0: I can definitely relate to that, and I think a lot of people can, um, finding that stillness in jujitsu. Yeah. When there's so much going on in your life if you're thinking about it on the mat or if you're thinking about something else, you're probably gonna get choked out. Yeah. That's, you're gonna be so distracted. You have nothing to do but focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Is that meditation? Maybe a form of it? I don't know. Um, but I think it's like, you need that time. Like for me personally, so I work in social media. I work, like I write, I do copy, I do all these things. So I'm on my phone a lot and I'm looking at screens a lot. And one of the things that I really value about jiu-jitsu is just having that time, that few hours every day that I'm not looking at my phone. Yeah. That I don't have to think about anything else. That if something else is going on, that I can put it aside and just be on the mats for a bit. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to get choked out. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be good.
3: Yeah.
2: Have you ever had an experience with therapy or seeing a psychologist? I have, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I've gone to a bunch of different therapists too. Um, I started going to therapy when I was... In my mid-twenties and it was actually because i couldn't figure out i knew i wanted to kind of change my um my career and things like that and i didn't know what i wanted to do so i went and i found like a career counselor to try to like help me figure it out yeah um and so i was doing that for a bit and then as i was figuring that out and i started going to school and then i'm like oh i am so anxious and not doing well (laughs) and then started going to therapy for that And then I was like, oh, I'm in a horrible relationship that I need to get out of. And so it just kind of like turned from one thing into another about different things that I would go to therapy for. Um, And I've had some like not so great experiences with therapists. I've had some awesome experiences with therapists and like everything in between. Um, It's definitely something that I like highly recommend to people. I don't think it works for everybody. I totally agree. But I think that there's a lot of people that even can just like benefit from talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and not feeling guilty about talking to somebody one of the things that i really like about therapy Mm -hmm. is that like i'm paying for your time i'm paying you to listen to me so i don't have to feel bad about feeling like a whiny little shit yeah you know because i'm paying you to like listen to me i really
2: wish therapy and seeing psychologists was covered fully by our i agree our healthcare system which it's not and I think that's a shame.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It's really expensive.
2: It's very <laughs> expensive. I'm, I'm in a unique spot because our psychologists from my work are 100% paid for. So I see one once a month and I've been seeing one for the last like eight years, like on a regular basis, which has been, I think me personally, it's been like very monumental and assisted me in like a lot of dark times. Um... I really, I'm, I've experienced a lot of like exposure therapy as well through work. And then we sit down with the psychologist as well. Okay. Like, how did that make you feel? And no oh man, like talk about all that and then go through the steps of why you feel this way and what's your brain doing. So I, it gives you that sense of some answers as to why you're feeling a certain way and me being like really into the church i also asked like my pastor like what do you think because i used to think like it was like all weird stuff that our church wouldn't like
0: therapy therapy mm. seeing a
2: psychologist but i, I was always brought up and like no you can just read your bible and <laughs> pray it <laughs> away all your problems. <laughs> yeah and yeah. then my pastor and like my, my buddy who's my age and he's a a pastor as well. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, go. He's like, they will give you the answers that this book doesn't. And he's like, it doesn't talk about the intricacies of your brain and like why your your wires are crossed or they're broken. You may, you may need some assistance that we can not give you. And I think that's really important. Um, exposure therapy for me works cause it gets you back like kind of in the pores of like what broke you and like, what
1: is exposure therapy?
2: Exposure therapy is basically you get into a car accident for, for, and you're afraid to go drive, you're afraid to uh, be oh. in a vehicle again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, let's not make you drive right away, but let's go s- stand next to a car. I see. Let's yeah. Let's see how you feel. So my experience, um, I was involved in a shooting in 2011. And so part of the exposure therapy for me was, Kate, let's sit down and talk about what happened and how you feel. Okay. A couple hours later, let's go into a room, and let's just practice drawing your gun from your holster and practicing that. And that is the first time since the shooting that you've touched your firearm. Some people don't wanna be around the gun and they're terrified and they sweat and they they cry. Other people are like, okay, this is boring, Like, I wanna keep going. Next step is that room is next to a live gun range. And so somebody outside is now shooting rounds off to the target. You listen, is your heart rate rising? Um, Are you getting sweaty palms? And then the next test is, okay, walk as close as you can to the, to the gun and see, smell the gunpowder, smell or feel the the compression. All that stuff is very like the, the physiological effects are actually incredible. When you, when you sit down and think about it and then other scenarios like they will recreate the scenario that happened to you if you if you want and these are all baby steps these take like sometimes it takes a year to get to that point and some some people do it in a week some people do it in a month so in my experience exposure therapy was very beneficial but it's like it's a long
0: game yeah yeah I think that's like that kind of leads into where I have a bit of a a bit of a bone to pick with the statement like jujitsu is therapy, yeah. Um, Because if you've listened to our podcast before and you listen to the second episode, you've heard about like my first ever jujitsu class, right? Where we did bear hugs, yeah, and, <laughs> and I cried the entire yeah. way home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Listen to every episode. Anyway, so. <laughs> Number one fan. Number <laughs> <Yeah>. one fan. <laughs> um,
0: but for me, like, mm-hmm. so there's a couple things about that that like I think I I'd, I'd like to talk about. The first one is that like. a lot of this self-defense based jujitsu for me feels very centered around men's experiences in the world and what they're scared of it's very based on like if a guy comes up to you at least in my experience not every club is like this every club is going to be different but it's based on like if a guy comes up to you in a parking lot and he grabs you from behind or he tries to start a fight with you what do you do if somebody breaks into your house what do you do Whereas, like, as a woman, your experiences about, like, where you're trying to defend yourself from are, like, extremely different. So, yeah, for me to be trying to, like, to jump right into a class that was, like, a self-defense class and to be, like, oh, we're going to teach you how to escape a bear hug was, like, not empowering at all at first. There was something about, like, I want to keep doing this. I need to keep doing this. But, like, the first few classes were just, like for lack of a better word, like re-triggering in a lot of ways and really difficult. And like, I would go home after those classes and just be like freaked out. And I would like search my house before I like got settled for the night Mm to like make sure that there was nobody else in my house. And then I'd probably have another cry and then I would like (laughs) eat a bunch of food and go to bed. And like, that was jujitsu for me for like at least a good couple months
3: Yeah,
0: was like, it would either be a good day or like something would happen and I would just like not feel good about it. And then it took a long time for me. Well, not a long time, but it took like, I would say like a good six or seven months in jujitsu to really feel like I'm not in this sort of like survival mode all the time. And I'm not getting like re freaked out all the time Mm. by everything that's happening.
2: Yeah. I, I experienced the same thing that John did when I first started training where I just got my ass kicked and it was so eye opening, and I, I had that decision maker of, do I want to get, be a victim of this over and over and over again, or do I just never want to do it again right. and put myself through it? And unfortunately, like, not unfortunately during my experience of the, sh- the 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 shooting and there's there were a few other instances where i felt that i had like lost i lost uh, i didn't do as well as i had hoped i would have done or as well as i thought i could do in in work and those experiences ended up being in the paper mm-hmm. in the news um so that alone was very triggering and very like, I felt this big, like I felt so small, mm-hmm. and going to jujitsu and getting my ass kicked again and again, and I just thought, man, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get the hang of this. I'm I'm just as bad as everybody's saying I am, because at that time my name was in the paper, and this is like two thousand eleven to two thousand fourteen. There was a span of a few years where I just kept fucking up and making very poor decisions just due to like lack of training and very like immature behavior and so there was this these few years of just constant mistakes being made that r- really had an impact and they still have an impact on my self-esteem and my how i talk and how i feel about myself sometimes so when i started going to jujitsu and i kept getting my ass kicked and i'm just like man, like, I don't think I'm ever going to get the hang of this. And then the guys at the gym were so great. And I just see them progressing. And I'm like, okay, I just kept coming back. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I'm really happy that I did. And then now, like, we're at a level where we can help other people that are struggling, which I find very, very good. And, and we've kind of created a community where I hang out more with people at jiu-jitsu than I do with anybody else in my life. And like, you met your wife and you made a family. And (laughs) And like, it took me a few years to convince my wife to start doing jujitsu, but now she does it. Yeah. And with these, like Quinn, your wife, you, you guys have created a community within a community with the women's uh, classes. And my wife has never felt more accepted. Like she's, she was a hairdresser for 10 years and they had their own little community, but man, that's a nasty community. They're so nasty to each other that always concerned about how they look and altering their photos and things like that and being on trend and stuff. And that's not her. She's very empowering. She's very loving and giving. And that's exactly
1: what this community is. No and one cheers louder than the women. When yeah. they're <laughs> no, they were loud and today. Another woman gets a promotion. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And like the, the other thing I was going to say is, um, even though like other so many different people come into jujitsu with uh, a different initial experience, sometimes people just walk away. Uh, Some people continue and it changes their life for the better. Um, And Kelty, I'm so glad that you uh, had that initial experience, but then something in you told you to continue Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people could have just walked away and like, what a shame that would have been, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, the yeah. way that it's changed your life and the way that you're going to uh, impact other people, uh, in, especially the in the women's jujitsu community, it's like, yeah, glad that you stuck with it, yeah, too. Yeah, too. too. <laughs> yeah, and, and had that one first heart. And also, if you, you know, encounter someone who may be in that similar, having similar feelings, you'll have a really good way of uh, talking to them about that too so yeah it's great
0: it definitely I definitely feel like very much like you were like I feel like I live a different life now yeah. than I did before I started doing jiu-jitsu and it's taken over a lot in my life too I don't think that it's perfect <laughs> no. but it is really like it's really exciting to look at you know where I was when I first started it and what my life was like to go to where I am now, where it's like, I think last month or last couple of weeks, I taught bear hug escapes. Mm, like, whoa. yeah. So like, and I kind of had to have this, like, I didn't tell anybody, like I didn't tell any of the women and the podcast hadn't come out yet. So nobody knew anything, but I remember being in that class and being like, huh, so like, cool." <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. You know, like it's one of those like small moments where it's like, it's not measurable from any other perspective other than just like, where you were compared to like now where you are in your life. Yeah. yeah.
2: I had a, I've had several similar experiences to you where you've had disappointments in your life and you're like, okay, I gotta go to jiu Right. Um, these last few years I've had, you know, some other disappointments and some ups and downs at work where I've been told no, I get disappointed, I don't get what I want or what I've like requested or applied for. And you train really hard and you get denied. And every single time, I I think like seven or eight times, I was told like, no, like no, no, no. And every single time I was like, okay, I need to go to Jiu Jitsu and just like buckle down and progress there. Cause that made me happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And every single time that happened, I progressed or you got, you, you got a stripe or you, you had a really good role and you just forgot about whatever was happening. And then going back to the community part, um, a few years ago, my I got a complaint for some behavior that I did. Somebody didn't like how I arrested a person and then the news got a hold of it. And there was this article, a few articles actually, that were released to the, to the public with my name on it. And uh, it was very embarrassing because reading it out of the context of what my experience was versus what was being told. It was, I'm like, oh, this does not look good. And the service was not very kind to me. They just kind of like, you're on your own. And our instructor Haas, like people had messaged him. They're like, is this your guy? Mm -hmm. And I was like, so embarrassed. And he Mm -hmm. asked me to go to coffee with him uh, a few days after the article came out. And I, in my head, he said this to me before class, and I was like, I couldn't concentrate the entire class, and I'm like, he's gonna kick me out. That's all I could think. I'm like, I'm. He's gonna tell me to go to a different jam. He doesn't want me around anymore. And uh, all he wanted to do was just kind of get my 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 side. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think we talked for like two hours, and he let me say everything that happened, and he was so understanding, and he just he was like, I just, he's like, I knew it wasn't the right way that they had said it. He said, like, I just wanted to hear from you. And he's like, I have your, I have your back. And he was, he was very supportive. And that felt, from him, I don't know, I kind of hold him to a very high regard. I look up to him. Um, he's just very, I don't know, he's kind of like a hero to me. So for him to have, to support me felt really good. On my way home, John calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I had just had a two-hour conversation, and you asked me, you're like, Hey <laughs> me and Quinn read something, are you okay? And you didn't pry, you didn't ask me what happened. All you wanted to know was, are you okay? And I'll never forget you doing that. And that we I think we talked for like two hours almost. Like I remember it being so you had very a
1: four hour day. Yeah. I like
2: I remember I had to get home. I had to plug my phone in because I was talking on the drive home. And then mm-hmm. plug my phone in and like rest my arms because I was like holding the phone up to my face, talking on the drive home. And I was, I usually, I have to take like a sleeping pill or sleep aids to sleep at night. Okay. After those two conversations, I slept like a baby because I was so (laughs) tired and I cried both conversations. I cried talking to you, I cried talking to Haas. Mm -hmm. And, but just this community, like more people have been so supportive within the jujitsu community than really in other areas of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which has
2: been so thank you.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, like what happened there was like I uh, I saw it and I was initially like, oh my god. <laughs> that's that's bad. Like yep. bad bad dog. Bad dog <laughs> Bad <laughs> Marty. I was like uh, talking about it with Quinn and I was I was like, I um I just wanna hear his side of this and it's not just like i would always just blindly be like you know even if you like murdered somebody bro i'd like have your back it's not like completely like that <laughs> <laughs> but but i like within reason like if someone did something horrific i'd be like oh my god i can't believe this person's like you know whatever but in that instance i was like marty's um and i remember you had told me it was like when we did some boxing at your house yeah you and chris were alluding to something yeah had happened at work and i remember i went home and i told quinn about it and i was like yeah they keep bringing this thing up and i was like you know how i feel about it is um i don't care at all unless marty wants to talk to me about it and i was like i'm not here to gossip and i'm not here to put anyone uh you know, get the goods on anything because that's your like personal life. And I kind of, I know that you work in a public realm, but I was also just like, if he wants to come to me and talk about it, then that will be our friendship and our business. Mm -hmm. Um, Then when I saw the article, I just was like, let's just hear what he has to say. And, uh, and he must be feeling awful right now. Um, And then I just you know, wanted to hear you out and see uh, what had been going on in your life. And, um, yeah, I guess I just don't, uh, I'm not going to judge you too, like, harshly on whatever may have happened in your life. Because if I had been in my formative years, because you started when you were quite young in the police force, if that, if everything I've done in my life, uh was publicly viewed it would be a nightmare i can't even imagine like the things that i did and got away with as a young man it's ridiculous and like <laughs> like i just feel like everyone deserves to be heard and uh everything that you told me and that we talked about um i was happy to hear it and it's just like yeah that's that is Jiu-jitsu aside, that is friendship. And I yeah. was really happy to uh, to talk to you. And um, yeah, I would do the same for many people that I've become friends with at Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's why this community is so interesting because at no other there's no other context that we probably would come into contact with each other and no. have build a relationship no. no, that's what I love. Especially yeah. you and me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Very different. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what i love about this podcast is because um i feel like a conversation uh i was talking about this today like civil conversation where people um will talk about different things that they believe in uh or perspectives and come together and find common ground it just doesn't happen it's becoming less and less of a thing nowadays Mm -hmm. and um If you're just like in your own little hemisphere, like your own sphere of influence, which is like your social media, because it's all like this algorithm that feeds you information. And it's really, really sad that people just can't like find common ground together. And then for the medium to be jujitsu and then the two different personalities to come together Mm -hmm. and have these conversations, I, I think it's like. I just wish more and more people would see life that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why. Also, I was really excited to come <laughs> to come and, on the and, podcast and talk. Yeah. For sure. You know what
2: Quinn told me last week? What? <laughs> she's like, I listened to your podcast, yeah. and she's like, I thought you were gonna be way more right wing, <laughs> oh. way more right wing, and she's like, You're actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <No way>. thanks, <laughs> thanks, Quinn
1: yeah well i don't know i think like the the best thing is is like you you own who you are yes um but you're also like whenever kelty tells you a new piece of information that is maybe a little bit more um like when you guys were talking about feminism Mm -hmm. and uh different ideologies and things like that you're just like willing to learn you're like oh okay and then and then you'll say something funny like well i'm a toxic male and like you (laughs) you own it you're joking but you're serious and you're like you're like i want to learn i want to be better and i want to like see what i can believe in and then i'll process that and i think it's really i think that's that's what's so um like easy to listen to about this podcast is because uh yeah, there's no conflict, but you're completely, you come from two different worlds. Like, I remember when I first met you mm-hmm. and I went to your apartment with Quinn and like a bunch of the girls one time for a clothing swap. <laughs> <Why> <laughs> I, I remember that. Um, I remember looking at all your books and I, and I really get a good idea of like what, how a person thinks when I like read all of their book titles and I like knew almost all of your books um and i recognized a lot of it just from like different people that i've inter- i've interacted with like so many different kinds of people in my life like like uh very diverse background of people and i guess when i uh saw all that uh, of all the books that you read i was like okay she's like very um thinks in a broad perspective very worldly has um Definitely, like, I I read, it was, like, the ethical slut, and then (laughs) there was, like, the (laughs) Sex at Dawn. There was, like, another one about, like, um, I think you, a lot of Chuck Planiac Yeah,
0: I was into him for a while. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: and then, like, I think I saw some things that, you know, led me to believe that you're, like, like, think very, like, feminist and stuff, and I was like, this is cool, and then when I found out that you and Haas were a couple, I was like... I was like, Haas has this other background side to him that not everybody sees. And it's like, uh, he's very, very well-read, very educated and uh, worldly thinks like. And then when I found out that you guys were together, I was like, that's, they click. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, Marty, you think you 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 were like a very kind and compassionate person you want to um help people bottom line like i know that about you and it comes through with your background and religion and as you're um probably why you initially got into and continue with the type of work that you do um but you're also trying to think more broadly and then like in, in different you know i know you listen to like a lot of joe rogan and like so I, I listen to Joe Rogan too. Like yeah. I, I enjoy a lot of his um, stuff. I do think like I, I think about it too, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but then I also like I think I think we're all just kind of craving uh, understanding, mm-hmm. and we all want to uh, come to a point where we uh, listen to each other. And we want to be heard. Everyone wants to be heard and loved and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, the way that jiu-jitsu brings together so many different types of people um, and we have this like weird thing in common where we simulate killing each other, <laughs> <laughs> um, make each other better, but yeah, I don't know, it's so, yeah, I'm excited about it, I'm excited about what this is going to become too.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I know you don't, you're not a huge fan of Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, but <laughs> Jordan Peterson you um, always
0: end up on this. Traffic. I know. But
2: he, he has a lot of good quotes that I like to use, and it's very applicable to Jiu Jitsu and to us as a community. He said, Assume the person you're talking to knows something you don't. And I think there's no, like, there's probably other good examples, but I think Jiu Jitsu is a fantastic example of, like, everybody you roll with can teach you something. Yeah. Every, doesn't matter if the white belt, blue belt, all the way up to black, every single person has knowledge. Or can help you learn why something worked or why something didn't. Yeah, and we we have a very uh, diverse gym. Yeah, uh, we're not
1: like an MMA gym. We're like every walk of life gym. <laughs> yeah, and
2: I um, when I started in twenty sixteen, I was I was physically broken. Like I I actually had uh, like a cancer scare. Right. I had my uh, half of my liver removed Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I, I wasn't sure of how, so you can't party anymore. No, (laughs) no, no. I wasn't sure of like what I'd be able to do in the gym. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to lift as much. I'm not sure if I'm going to be as fast as I was. And so I'm like, I should. And I was still suffering from the shooting and the after effects of all those things and some of the other complaints that I'd had throughout my career. I was like, I need to do better. Right. And so I'm like, I need to learn how to fight.
1: And sorry, Corey's been with you through all of that, right?
2: We got married in 2012. So we had just got engaged the month before the shooting. Mm. And I, wow. the shooting was on September 11th. Of 2011, wow. which is the 10 year anniversary oh, wow. of, yeah. <laughs> and so every year I get reminded, and so um, shout out to Corey, yeah, shout out, shout to, out Corey. to Corey, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then she, a few years ago we really realized she has uh, PTSD from dealing with all of my bullshit, mm-hmm. and so she had to start going going to see somebody yes. and. That's, I think Jiu Jitsu has helped her cope and help her progress as a person. And she's, she's unrecognizable from when I met her.
1: Yeah.
0: She's made huge strides.
2: Yeah. She's
1: Sorry, just I was just going to say, I think that that's a really good word to use. Maybe instead of therapy, it's like coping. Yeah. It's it a is coping, coping. Yes. It is a really therapeutic, yeah. but it is
2: coping. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. a great way to cope. And so when I started Jiu Jitsu, um, I was... I was dabbling in it and then because I was going to Muay Thai mostly Mm -hmm. and then Nate Diaz bullied me (laughs) and told me to stop being a bitch or a pussy. I can't remember. It was one of the two. And I'm like, okay, so I made the switch and that was a character shift as well where I started being a lot more open-minded to everybody, Mm -hmm. even outside of the gym. I'm like, okay, I really should shut my mouth and listen to everyone regardless of what I think of them, because mm-hmm. they probably do know something that I don't. Yeah. And I think there's no better, like I said this earlier, I don't think there's any better example than when you're getting smashed or when you're just rolling with somebody that you don't know. I'm like, yeah. How did you do that? And then they tell you. So yeah.
0: I want to go back to when we started, like why we started this podcast. And mm-hmm. it's really great to hear somebody else's perspective on this because we've been doing this for about a month now. Yeah. Which is wild to me that we've kept up very like regularly Mm -hmm. with it. And it's been really enjoyable. And I think we've kind of finding a bit of a groove, but when we started, I think where it came from when we started having talks of like, Oh my God, we should do a podcast. That would be so funny was because you and I were having a lot of conversations around black lives matter when that was starting to happen and everything was coming out. And Part of it was, I realized that like, you kind of weren't having these conversations with anybody else, Not but really. you were also really, like receptive to listening to it. And as long as I came from like, like I'll never change my opinion, but I'll, I'll come from like, well, I shouldn't say, I'll never change my opinion. Cause I change my opinion on things all the time. Um, but I like, I will stand up for what I believe, mm-hmm. but we were always able to have like, a conversation about it yeah and a lot of the times realize that eventually through having these conversations that we were actually in the same place yeah. about like changes that need to happen into society and what was okay and acceptable and what wasn't okay and knowing like having when i was hearing about all the stuff that was coming out in the news with your name on it and realizing that a lot of this stuff happened before you ever started jiu-jitsu and I'm not saying jiu completely changes you and solves all your problems and everything like that. But it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but understanding that, like, that was a version of of you that, you know, you've changed so much as a person since then. Mm-hmm. Just like I've changed so much as a person, just like you've changed so much as a person. And I don't think that jujitsu by itself does that, but I think it can be a huge catalyst for... Um, Expanding your perspective on life and gaining a positive confidence.
2: I a hundred percent agree. And it really helped me and having conversations with you, it helped me get outside of the echo chambers that I've found myself in. Cause when you're a cop, like that you're kind of isolated and in your own world where everybody kind of agrees that no, we're, we're a team, everybody else is against us yeah. and. I also go to a church where it's a worldwide religion there's echo chamber echo chambers in there too and you need to get outside of that and listen to what people have to say mm-hmm. and so i think not that the sport of jiu-jitsu does that but the community does and l- listening to people and allowing them to tell them your their life stories and yeah. why they why they believe what they believe and why they think that way is very important and that's why it's kind of changed my life and how I operate and how I listen and how I talk to people. And it's had a positive inf- influence on my work
0: mm-hmm. as well. I would say that's like huge. Uh, yeah. You know, like I think it's completely changed the way that you approach your job mm-hmm. and how you feel about your job.
2: Yep. Yeah, we we did have some interesting conversations about the Black Lives Matter stuff because I was how long ago? That was like two years ago. It was
0: um, during the 2020 COVID yeah. lockdown summer, I think. is.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of um, moving parts and things of like, oh, it's only in the States and it doesn't yeah. really happen here. And I'm then I started thinking, I'm like, yeah, maybe not to black people up in Canada, but there are people that are disenfranchised in Canada and in Edmonton that this is kind of happening to you on a regular basis as well, and we need to recognize it. And I wasn't okay with coming to that reality right then. But more conversations with you and bashing you over the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, we have a problem and here. And it wasn't
0: always like I'll be like, we're gonna be honest. It wasn't always a civilized discussion. There were times where I was like, I was livid with you. Yeah. I was really upset with you. Yeah. Um, but
1: the best part about that is that <laughs> you didn't then go and be like fuck that guy. I'm talking to him. I need him to be like kicked out or whatever. Yeah. Like then you guys came back and and continued a discussion and it's just like that's so necessary and so fucking grown up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very important. People don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> even like,
0: like I'm going to be honest, even when we started this podcast, and I don't think I've told you this, but even when we started this podcast, like I had a couple moments of anxiety about like, should I be doing this? Like, me too. Is this okay to do? Yeah. And what are people in my life going to think about this? Yeah. And like, luckily, um, I don't know if luckily, like, I don't really care if somebody wants to come and talk to me about like doing this podcast, like... I would hope the same thing would happen that we would have a conversation about it yeah you know and nobody said anything to me so far mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but i mean as a people start listening more it might happen and like i think at this point all i would have to say is like listen to the podcast listen to what we're actually doing mm-hmm. and i'd hope that you have an understanding of where we're coming from
2: yeah and <sighs> I'm a person that I can't hide from my mistakes. If you literally Google my name and you can see a bunch of stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, oh oh boy, they took impeccable notes. (laughs) And it's so important that like everybody has a story. Everybody needs context. There's nuance to everything. It's not always black and white. And everybody can be in the middle on something. Like we
1: all have our opinions, but doesn't mean you're always right but your story is a story of someone trying to do better and recognizing that you've made mistakes and uh are just like you're open to discussion and to doing better in your life and 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 what I said earlier is true like bottom line I know that you really really like to help people um like especially with the work that you do outside of uh, the service with your church, and just personally, that you like go and help and feed the homeless people and yeah. give them blankets or whatever you do. <laughs> <But it's... laughs> yeah, basically, that, yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like it's uh, that's your story. You're a person that is like really, really conscious of doing better. And if people can't see that and don't listen to that, then that's really unfortunate.
2: Yeah, it was heartbreaking when I was going through it in twenty seventeen when the the incident happened, and I had very high ranking people in my in the service tell me to my face, "Oh, you obviously don't care about these people. You obviously are a bad person." And I was like, "You, I'm like I've worked here for like ten years. Like you're gonna say this to me? You don't know me. They obviously didn't. Mm -hmm. They just." heard what they what they were told Mm -hmm. and it really broke my heart and I was just like oh my goodness I have to make some changes here Mm -hmm. I didn't want to play the blame I did play the blame game a little bit I was like f these guys they don't know what they're talking about but I was like man more than a few people are saying this right so I was like maybe am I the common denominator here and so I had to make some changes Mm -hmm. and but at the same time I was like this was 2017 so I I was like a year and a half into Mm jiu-jitsu and I don't think we were at Bairo yet. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2018 that it was opened up. Yes. And so we had good, I had good people around me at the club where we first started, but it was not what it was, what it is today. Yeah. Um, But that was a five year like struggle five-year investigation that I was under Mm -hmm. and through that time, how how many people joined the club in that time? And how many people are my friends now? Like of all walks of life that are so supportive and they were like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what you did. I still like you. Mm Yeah. (laughs) And it was very helpful. And to me, that was therapeutic and that helped me get through this because at one point, like I was like thinking about like killing myself um not for this specific one but like back in 2014 after my shooting and all that kind of stuff like i actually was at the police station i loaded my gun and i was like i'm just gonna shoot myself in the face and i had my phone in my other hand and i'm like i'm just gonna call one person just to talk and i phoned this person who ended up being my sergeant later down the road and he was like unload that gun we're gonna go talk and i'm like okay and That was just a pivotal shift and like like you said, like, who knows what would have happened, right? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I've had in this last few years where you were so helpful and an open ear, same with like Haas and all the other people at the gym that they want to hear the fun stories, but I don't necessarily want to open up and cry to them Mm -hmm. all the time. But there are those people that I do trust and to me, that's, that's very therapeutic.
1: Yeah, it is about the people that are, are around us. It's yeah. not just the rolling part. Because if you were just rolling with people and never talking to them, it would be a weird <laughs> thing. But it really is about the, about the community. Do you ever pay
2: <laughs> attention to your bodies or to your, what your brain is doing after a good session of like sparring? Or like? do you feel like the endorphins are fired? Like oh, absolutely. in oh, yeah. and- yeah, for sure.
0: Especially after competition. Yeah. And you're on like, and you had a good day, and you're like, oh,
3: yeah, let's go. Yeah.
0: Let's take on the fucking world. <laughs> you know.
3: Man,
2: the last competition in January that I co- competed at, yeah. I was so scared. And I, I told Cora on the way there, I'm like, I just want to win one. Right. I just because I hurt my knee, tore an ACL, and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do one takedown. I'm not gonna be able to do this, and then go and win. And like you said, I'm like, "Fuck, I'm awesome." <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but I was like, I had no idea that uh, this was was gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to Haas after, and I I thanked him. I'm like, "You like, thank you for helping me through this." Yeah. Because he helped me change my game of being very aggressive and very explosive. He's like, "No, you gotta switch it up."
1: Yeah. With your knee. I remember rolling with you when you were more like that and I would catch you in guillotines and stuff because you were just like coming at me yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, but now I've seen I've seen quite a big change um yeah but I think that um Chris was telling me just the other day that he was quite nervous about coming to the last competition and I was telling him like you're um the amount of people that I've tried to convince to come to jiu-jitsu and who you know for whatever reason don't come or come and then never come back um it's to continue with it to stick with it but then also when you tell people like oh yeah I do jiu-jitsu that's cool but if you tell people I do jiu-jitsu and I also compete it's really so much more Mm -hmm. impressive and I've never had anyone ask oh do you win? Oh. All, all they ever say is like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And Interesting. You I know, have people
0: I, ask me. <laughs> if I podium or like, oh, do you do well? Or like,
1: stuff Oh, like that wow. I think like, like part of the reason why it sounds so cool is just because like, man, it's like, even just to show up and to walk onto that mat, it's like, that's an incredible thing to do. You're putting yourself out there in front of your friends and family. <laughs> like... Uh, it, it, it's really it's it's very courageous and it um mm-hmm. it uh shows a lot about who you are i think especially if you stick with it yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah it does and i said this before in the podcast but i'll say it again it's not like any other team sport where you're by yourself you can't fade into the back you can't fade into the the team and blame oh the goalie was off or the defense was off like no it's all you yeah and so to me, that's terrifying because mm-hmm. I don't do well with competition prep mentally. I get so nervous. I don't know what it is. It's just, I've always been like that. I get nervous before we, we do our fitness test at work and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass. I just, <laughs> just want to do well. I think Were you I,
0: nervous before the grading today?
2: No, I had no expectations. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even, I was like, I'm not here for me. I'm here for my friend Vince. Shout yeah. out to Vince. Who, who got, got his, his blue belt. Blue belt. Bell. Yeah, buddy. Um, he...
0: Oh, I also, we have to take a second to say, like, Vince does our intro and he did oh, an yeah. amazing job at it. So if you're ever wondering where our intro came from, it came from it Vince. It came from Vince. Continue.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I only paid and took, I took the day off. So I was like, I need to be there for him. Cause I want to, I want to see him get his blue belt. I knew he was going to get his blue belt like months ago. I'm like, this guy is a a beast. I'm like, there's no way he's not going to get it. And so, uh, I had no expectations of what was going to happen to me. Like, I didn't care. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll get a stripe. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Just I'm here for him. And then we got paired up and we're just doing our thing and great partner here. And I love rolling with you. It's always so even like. I'll smash you for like a minute and a yeah. half, and then you'll and then just break my face for a bit, <laughs> and then just back and forth, back and forth. You get a sub, then I get a sub, that's and then strange. or we'll go full five, six minutes, and nobody does anything. Yeah, that's great. Though. It's a great. Since that's the great moment, to have some. First like time that.
1: we ever rolled is like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's yeah. it been was. The same. It's been the same. We yeah. progressed very, very consistently together. What about you? Did you get nervous today?
0: No. No, no i had a good time yeah yeah this was probably my favorite grading so far
2: me too i think we I need really to today. i think we need to address your level of savagery <laughs> these last two gradings you've got two stripes each time yeah you usually only get one if you're a regular <laughs> person <laughs> you're not a regular person
0: i also train like an insane amount yeah you're there That's quite often the other often. thing like, yes. And I'm, I'm in a place where I'm able to do that. You know, yeah. I don't have kids. I make up my own work hours. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the times, like, I'm obligated to be there for other reasons. So I'm already, you know... The the issue of finding the motivation to get in the gym is, like, well, I'm there teaching the kids. So, yeah. of course, I'm going to stick around. Um, so, yeah, like yes but also like my attendance if you were to look at my attendance and then look at my rank you'd probably be like "Hmm, you should be doing better yeah yeah
2: that's funny yeah you you sent me the, the the attendance list. Oh, I when like, I
0: hit a thousand classes. Yeah, I was like, that was awesome. I'm like not yeah. even halfway there,
2: and I'm like, we're like the same rank, and I've been training longer than you. Yeah. Ugh. I
0: train a, a a stupid amount. Oh yeah. man,
2: I was I felt so defeated when I saw those numbers. I was like, I gotta pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. I live in, but I live like forty five minutes away. So yeah, like, that's the oh. thing
0: is that like, I fully admit that I'm in a place where I can do that, and I'm lucky to be able yeah. to do that. But yeah, hitting a thousand classes was really cool. That is that pretty was really sweet. nice.
1: That's awesome. I I think, like, one of the things that I was saying to Quinn when we got home uh, was, it was so funny, because after the grading, Marty looked at me, and he was like, are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, oh no, I have low blood sugar, I'm (laughs) really hungry, and then, like, uh, I came today, like, knowing 100% that I wasn't going to receive anything of the grading, Um, but I feel like that's really important to still, like, not just show up when you, like, are pretty darn sure you're going to get something. I like, like, the thing that I really, really like about Haas' gym is that uh, you're not paying for your rank. You're not paying for stripes or a belt. It's like when you hear of or see other people that, like, probably aren't at their the level that they're at, I feel like, and then to go compete, like, that's pretty... That's that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, like because I've been um for a multitude of reasons, like having another child recently and You had uh, COVID recently COVID too. And, yeah. and, oh right. Yeah. yeah. Like uh focusing really uh intensely on uh another physical um endeavor that I'm that I'm going after right now. Um I just haven't I've only been able to come to open maths mm-hmm. and, and that's it and bring and bring my daughter. And that like I've known for a while now that I'm just gonna you know like I'm not gonna give up or walk away from this by any means but like at this point in time it's just not in the cards for me to be there you know like I used to it will again in the future yeah Mm -hmm. um but then for me to say like yeah I'm still gonna come to the grading knowing I wasn't gonna get anything Actually, was like a really, really beneficial thing for me psychologically because I wanted to be there. One of the main reasons is I wanted to see my friends uh, really have that super yeah. high moment because man, it feels good, and I wanted to be there to support. And it feels, yeah, it's it's a different, it's a different thing because every other time I've gone, I've been like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this time I knew, and I was like, yeah, even if I got the stripe today, I would have felt weird about it to mm. be honest yeah yeah, yeah. So. cuz there's
2: the flip side of that coin there are people that go into gradings expecting oh yeah I'm 100% going to get you see it. some disappointment yeah and then they you. don't get anything yeah i think that is a great like lesson as well but it can show it can really expose their character as well i remember a few years ago when i was like i had my red stripe i was up for promotion from blue belt and there was a seminar and some people got promoted and I was like, Oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And I didn't. And I, I, I was actually mad. Like I was really upset with Haas and I was just like pouty face at the end of it. And I'm so embarrassed still about it. And, <laughs> uh, and I was like pouty face. I was just like, didn't get promoted. And then I don't, I don't remember the, the time frame or how long after, but the way that Haas promoted me was completely by surprise and it was after I'd shown more commitment and I traveled specifically for a jiu seminar. I came back and like the day I came back, I went and he promoted me like in a very special way and that meant more. And so the high, that high completely defeated that low, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so yeah, there are some disappointed faces and yeah. maybe rightfully so, like maybe mm-hmm. they feel that they deserved it but hey man you're not the black belt yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. everybody's journey is
2: different too yeah
1: and like we are like the all of the therapy stuff that we're talking about aside we are there in a big way to learn something a tangible skill that um if you are thinking that you're at a level that you're not that's not right Mm -hmm. and you 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 need to be at completely proficient i would rather be so such an overkill of a blue belt than receive the next promotion like spend so much time being it it honestly doesn't matter like Like, that's like the belt thing doesn't matter because if you're gonna stick with it you're gonna get there yeah yeah and if you have that mentality and you truly have that mentality i mean you might face some like moments where you're feeling moments of weakness like i wish I could have gotten like the whatever promotion but you're um yeah you do need to be at that level because you're learning something that is really really special it takes a long time to get good at
2: yeah I was talking with Corey today after the ceremony We were taking our dog for a walk and I'm like why does a piece of tape
1: make me so
2: (laughs) nervous and so happy? I love
0: that tape. And
2: she's just like, because it's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it. It's just important to me. And you don't necessarily see the progression Mm-hmm. Until you look back at videos of yourself and you're like, what the hell was I doing? Right. And then you looked back at who you were at that time and you're like, who was I? You're mm-hmm. like, what was I doing then versus who I am now? Like you, your character changes throughout the belts, I, I think. Like for me, I, it has. And you see a progression of maybe you become a better person, maybe not. I don't know. But.
0: Yeah, I think that like, I don't know, for me personally, I think largely I've become a better person. Um, definitely more confident person. Definitely like a more. I've always been motivated, but always, but like I'm a lot more. I guess driven in life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I also feel like I'm kind of an asshole sometimes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. especially like I don't know. You get a blue belt, you get a couple stripes, and I'm just like ready to like snap the head off of any white belt. Oh, that that's so,
3: funny. You know?
0: <laughs> so I mean, like on the flip side, I'm just like. Or, is, or am I just, like, a dick person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has it been exposed? Yeah. That's fine. I don't know. So there's that side of it, too. Do
2: so you think you've changed at all, like, who, who you've
1: become? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This yeah? Is, this <laughs> whole conversation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> significantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've always had these things inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the uh, progression of jiu-jitsu and, and just, like, the journey that it's taken me on um and of course just like this incredible influence in this woman that i met (laughs) like like she really keeps me so so grounded god like she's your wife is the coolest (laughs) she's like our mascot if you've listened to this podcast
0: before i think we talk about your wife i think every every podcast we're
1: just like man Um, queen's so cool she is awesome yeah like like the most humble person on the planet. It's it's actually kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, are, you or you are beautiful, and she'll be like, no, I'm not. Oh, um, yeah, you are, Queen. Not really. She'll say it in a different way. She'll be like, yeah, but like you know, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but she's like that with everything. But she is like, um, anyways. I, I think like the, uh, yeah, it has changed who I am. I was actually going to talk about something that popped into my head just now. It's a little bit off topic, but... Go for it. Um, even just like... You, so you were talking about like how it makes you feel like a bit of like, like I could just like kill anybody kind of thing. <laughs> but, and, and, and it does kind of make you think like if the majority of people that walk through the doors, uh, when they come in, and no matter how big and tough and strong they are most likely even by you know someone who's like uh much smaller and and not as like strong physically most likely if that person has like six months to uh, an upwards of a experience they're probably going to get um steamrolled by mm-hmm. by everyone yeah um for a while and uh you start thinking, or for me at least, I started thinking like, well then if like every tough looking guy is like that malleable, <laughs> then it must be everyone. <laughs> and then I, I went through a stage where I was thinking like that. And then I started going to competitions and looking around at the people that are like absolute killers. And I was like, oh my God, they all look like, like some of them look scary, but some of them are like nerds. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and it's like, holy smokes, like you shouldn't ever mess around, um, thinking that you're, uh you know better than whatever. And something that happens I feel like uh this is just like not to minimize what happens to women when in in public and stuff but I'm just speaking from my own experience like I don't know if it's just like an Edmonton thing, but like guys always try to start fights with me. Because you look like a cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Okay. I work in addictions and mental health as a nurse, and like yeah. I and someone like lunged at me one time because they thought I was like a cop that fought them at one point. Anyways, it it's a long story. But um even today, right after our conversation after grading, I was walking outside, we got a parking ticket, and then I like went back into evolve. And as I was going back into Evolve to, like, talk about it, uh, these three guys uh, on skateboards were just sitting, and they tried to start a fight with me. And what? I was just I just ignored them and kept on walking, and they were just, like, they were saying some stuff to me that was, like, very, like, street lingo, and I know it because I work with those people. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, like, just whatever. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. And then I had to walk by them again, and they all stared at me and whatever. Nothing happened. Usually nothing happens. But it's, like... I'm glad I know jujitsu and some, some stand-up stuff, but God, I just like, I would never, never want to use, have to be in that situation because you never know what yeah. someone knows and you never know what someone has on them. And there's no coming back from it. Yes. Uh, legally yeah. and physically, you're, you're so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. even if you yeah. came out and you won, you would feel terrible. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, and I've had those things happen in my life. Like, like these two teeth are fake. Really? <laughs> like I've, I've had really brutal experiences. Um, one of which I just like, yeah, had to, it's hard for me to get over. Like, like I got beat up really badly one time with a pipe. That's how I lost my teeth. And like, I've had other experiences like that too. And I used to just be like not knowing anything and I would get into Altercations with people and I was like not whatever I just I was just like a wild animal yeah. and like, but also you know I am who I am today and I'm the same person but um I was not as calculated and I think like young man and just not having uh been had a really positive male influence growing up and I think I just like I'm lucky to be uh totally healthy and happy now to be honest and um that's why i just had a little boy and i can't wait to like show him <laughs> how to be a man yeah and 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 it's not like i i i don't mean like man. i mean like <laughs> toxic yeah <exactly>. yeah <laughs> i mean like how to be a good man yeah yeah and that's you, important you never had that you know i have a, i don't want to say never because i have a really good relationship with my dad now oh good I'm really good that's good he's amazing actually that's um, so good to hear. But he was like really young. Yeah. And uh and, and it just happened that he wasn't mm-hmm. in my life when I was up until whatever. But yeah, we have an amazing relationship now. Amazing. That's so yeah. good to hear. I hope he I, I'm gonna send this to him. <laughs> oh you should. That's I good. think
0: one of the things that is really important about learning jiu-jitsu is you exactly like you said, you learn what other people can be capable of, and even the most unsuspecting people. Right. So, like, for me as my, like, you know, I remember when I was, how old was I, 23, 24, 22? Somewhere around in there, I punched a guy at the bar (gasps) because he was, like, not leaving my drunk friend alone. And everybody saw it. (laughs) And everybody (laughs) knew it was like, Kelsey punched some guy (laughs) at the bar (laughs) on the dance floor. And it's like a lot, I knew nothing. I was let's say at least 30 pounds lighter than I am now. Like I was a tiny little thing. Like I probably barely even heard this guy. Yeah. He was probably just like, (laughs) he's like some drunk bitch just tried to punch me. Um, but it's like this like sense of like, you feel more like sure of yourself than you actually are. And then you actually start learning how to fight Mm. and you're like, Oh damn, I don't ever want to end up in this situation yes. ever. And
1: sometimes when you you like are rolling with all these people who are like maybe your same skill level or even maybe sometimes you're doing you're like you're rolling and you're really doing well against someone who's a higher rank than you and you're like, holy shit. I can really handle myself." But then someone comes in who's like the equivalent of like a fucking D1 wrestler and you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know and they're like a no-stripe white belt and you're just like, "Okay." This doesn't make sense, but now it makes sense. I don't ever, I should never get in (laughs) a fight. But if if you do end up in a situation where it's like life or death, or you're going to save someone's life or whatever, like it's an amazing thing to know. Um, But I would rather just do it in a gi on a mat. (laughs) 100%. Yeah.
2: Uh, Through the training that we've done and my work experience, I've, Realize that the people that are most likely to fight are the ones that don't know how to. Yeah. They're the ones that beat their chests and like animals because they just they posture or they it's like that weird natural animalistic thing. Yeah. Where they need to be the loudest, scariest person.
1: I used to be scared of that. Me too. And I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) this fucking guy doesn't know what
2: he's doing. Yeah. I'm like, look, his feet are. Like standing next to him, he's not in Ayatsu stance. <laughs> um, and and I'm like okay, and then I've heard the I've heard the phrase, the quietest person in the room is the most dangerous person in the room. I've heard that through, unless, through you're tr- unless you're in a room with Haas, unless you're in a room with Haas, yeah, <laughs> and then he's loud and tells you to stop crying and stop being a pussy. <laughs> but
0: no, I think it's like it's 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 usually not the person that you'd expect.
2: Exactly, and it's. It's incredible because you don't know what people, like you said, you don't know what people are capable of. Or yeah. what they have on them. Or what they have on Which them. Which is like, huge, yeah. And like nowadays, a lot of people are very dangerous because they don't know how to fight and they feel the need to carry certain things on yeah. them. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's not safe to get into any sort of physical confrontation with someone that you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, then how about we do it with people we know? Exactly. On a padded floor in a temperature <laughs> controlled <rules>. room. <laughs> and starting from your knees. Yeah. Fans. On. And fans on.
2: Computer fans on. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that's why, like, so when it comes to jujitsu for self defense, I think a lot of people, when they, before they get into it, they prioritize the self defense aspect, mm-hmm. which I think is important. But I also kind of have, like, I have a little bit of issues with sticking with a self-defense perspective from for jujitsu because I think it's a little it can be a little irresponsible Mm -hmm. especially when you're getting to stuff like any as soon as anybody brings out fake weapons it's like okay yeah (laughs) let's be real and it's not that I don't think that that stuff is important I 100% do but I think that like if you focus on sport jujitsu and have an awareness of where you are um, vulnerable in those positions, yes, you're gonna be just as well off, maybe even better than somebody who, you know, just does self-defense drills all the time and doesn't pressure test what they know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the concepts of the sport translate to the street, yeah. is what I was taught. And it's very true. It's like, not all the techniques, you're not gonna go into deep half guard on, on the street. <laughs> no. But like, you're gonna know like, okay, an Osotogari is a good takedown. A good bear hug from the back is a good takedown. Yeah. How to stand, technical stand up to get away and protect yourself, That's those are good things to know. But you don't pressure test them enough unless you're sparring and have the time the time in on the mats. Yeah. So, yeah. so train, train sport and thinking street is important. For,
1: it's a good translation to real life scenarios.
0: Yeah, what do you so. think about self defense, John?
1: Um, well, you know, it's funny. I uh, did a small seminar at work the other day <laughs> with really the, with the nurses. I'm just oh joking. boy, I don't do huh? seminars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so like, they, this they were, is the
0: first I'm hearing about this one. They were
1: asking me um, because we man, like especially when I was working um, at Wall Street Community Services, uh, George Spadey Society. Um, and then now I work at the Royal Alex, um, you encounter, we have to call security frequently, right? Right. And they come running and like just praying to God that like (laughs) they actually get there on time and the person hasn't done something horrific. And it's usually, um, some, usually most nurses are female and these patients will like just grab them by the neck and put them up against the wall and do whatever they want. And it's happened. It happens all the time. Like there, you won't find like a five, 10 year nurse at the Royal Alex who hasn't had something like that happen to them. It's wow. awful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was having this conversation with them and like, you know, recently we had this like really big dude, uh, and we had to call security on him and he was freaking out or whatever. And I was like, I most likely could handle that guy, most likely. But I was like, I'm not, no, I'm calling security. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, even if I got like poked with a needle or something like that, then I'm, like, spending all this time thinking, what did I, what did I touch? Like, yeah. uh, like who knows? So, it's... Uh, they they were asking me, like, what would you do if someone came at you like this? And <laughs> they started, like, <laughs> whatever. And then I was just, like, you know, I showed them uh, a few things to do with, like, closing distance so that striking isn't a, a factor. And then, um, like, just, like, one takedown. And, uh, and then I, like, they asked me about a submission, so I showed them. Uh, but then I was also, like, showing, like, you know, how you I would close the distance and how I would get away from the situation too. And um, yeah, they were talking about like also walking to their cars. That's another oh, place yeah. that they get, mm-hmm. people get assaulted a lot. There was actually a nurse <laughs> at the Royal Alex who was, um, this is just a story I've heard, but I'm quite sure it's true. Someone told me that she was a black belt. There's actually quite a few nurses who do jujitsu. Oh, really? And uh, that she was... Uh, someone tried to rob her at her car at the Polish Hall. And she, like, fucked this guy up. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. This is a rare story. I need to it, meet it her. Most, like most of the time it's, like, not great situation. But um, so, and then I told them, like, I was, like, a lot of them have daughters and stuff and, like, young kids. And I just keep saying, like, if you're talking about striking and stand-up and stuff like that, if you're teaching your daughter that, um, for self-defense, like if she's getting into a, a scenario, like a really bad situation with a, with a, someone who's going to assault her, like she's not most likely it's not going to work out with the punching. Yeah. So um, I was like, if you can teach them, uh, you know, as far as self-defense goes for like women and young women and, and whatever, it's the most applicable thing and it's usually going to end up on the ground and like god if if like a young woman or whomever could like submit someone that's amazing but like if they can handle themselves just enough to get out of it um that's also amazing (laughs) so i think like i think it's like i'm preaching to the choir here but I tell everyone about that <laughs> Yeah. and I talk about it all the time and I think it's really important and uh, like for sure our Queen and I's kids are going to be like Right into jujitsu, so yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. I'm mean, gonna be so
0: sad if your kids don't like jujitsu.
1: Yeah, it'll <laughs> be uh, a really big bummer. You'll yeah, be, like, be a disappointment. Do you let me down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm to play the violin. Like, do you though? Yeah. Oh, How Asian. Am my you? sister was like, Well, d- does jujitsu like pay really well? and I was like, No. And she was like, And my sister's like super into tennis. And she was like, "Well, I could teach Arlo tennis. It pays like crazy. Well, if she got really good, and I was just Like, Shit. Oh. <laughs> we like tennis isn't you a practical <laughs> skill.'" So, yeah,
0: yeah. I think um, one thing that I wanted to talk about is because um, we're we're coming up on an hour and a half here, so I think we've got maybe about another half hour. Yeah. If you've stuck with us this far, you're you're great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when we talk about jujitsu as therapy. <sighs> What about people that it does the opposite to? Where like, you know, we've mentioned the podcast before and if you're in the Jiu-Jitsu community, you know about the allegations that have been coming out against Mm. a lot of the black belts in the community and things like that. Which to me, like, almost lends itself to the community itself. Is, like, Jiu-Jitsu itself is problematic in a lot of ways. There's a lot of issues with Jiu-Jitsu itself. Mm -hmm. But in the right circumstance in the right um, criteria it can be something that's really fantastic and develop really amazing communities. Um, one of the things that I was reading about in preparation for this podcast is I found an article on like trauma-informed jiu-jitsu which I kind of have mixed feelings about because I'm like man jiu-jitsu needs to like figure its shit out before it can be called like trauma-informed yeah. And I think it also like demands a lot of your your training partners and yourself and your coaches to like be able to carry that and it can really like so okay so I teach the kids classes and I've had kids cry when they get mounted because they're claustrophobic
3: Oh, you wow. know and
0: I don't have the tools to be able like and the kids who are trying to spar don't have the ability to like really like help somebody work through it Yeah. so I think that there's a time and a place for that Um, but is that like do you think that that's a fair expectation to put on clubs to call themselves like trauma-informed clubs?
2: absolutely not I don't think that's fair should
0: Yeah. And what does that, and if it does, and that's a way of like exposure therapy to people, what does that look like? And how does people who have experienced trauma, um, find themselves in jujitsu in a way where they feel supported?
2: The expectation, you shouldn't put the expectation or the onus on the, the club or the gym itself to be therapeutic for you or to you. That's a discussion you should have with your therapist. Hey, would this work, do you think? Do you think this would be an appropriate way or coping mechanism, as you put it? Like, mm-hmm. It was a great way of putting it. That's a conversation you should have with your therapist, your psychologist, your psychiatrist. Um, they're the experts in that. Jiu-jitsu gyms are not. The gym owners are not experts in that field. Unless they have a, unless they have a background in it, you, that's irresponsible to put the onus on them,
1: I think. The other part about that, and it's, like, the, the thing that is so effective about, like you were saying, pressure testing yourself in this martial art is, like, you can go 110%. Yeah. And most likely you're not going to get too injured. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to then start telling your training partners, like, in an unstructured or weird way that you can't do that because this person feels uncomfortable there. And then it's, like... You have to be able to go all out, and I think that if you're going to offer trauma-informed jujitsu, where someone, because it is really intimate, like, like when the nurses were asking me, I like had to like ask permission, like, can I? Because we're at work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, if I, whatever, but because like, because you wrap like in some of the situations like you're wrapping your legs around the person, right? Like, it can feel weird, like, showing up to a class like that. Um, So that sort of service, I think, could be offered by some really specialized black belts or, you know, blue or purple or whatever, brown belts that can maybe offer that kind of thing. But it would have to be a little bit more of a private or specific class. It couldn't be, like... Okay, everybody. Like this person's here. They don't, you know, feel comfortable when you like do like these different things because they've been through some shit. You know. Yeah. It, it has to be all out sparring if if that's what you're there for. Yeah. 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 I
0: think you need to be in charge of your own issues to a certain extent. Like yeah. not issues. I shouldn't say it like that. But you need to be in charge of your own boundaries when it comes to jujitsu, and you have to know that there is a possibility that that boundary might get crossed yeah right you have to expect that
2: yeah there is i still ask my training partners because i'm not very good at side control escapes mm-hmm. and i get smashed a lot if i get into if somebody gets a good side control on me i i don't have very good escapes on it i'm progressing i'm getting better but that's something that i need to work on and i tell my training partner specifically for sparring let's start from side control i want to start from the bottom because mm-hmm. i need to pressure test this. Mm -hmm. I think that's a healthy thing. And I think that's something that if you're struggling with something, like maybe you were affected by something, you got assaulted or something, that's a good conversation to have with your instructor or your training partner that you trust. And you really, yeah, you have, you should take responsibility for it. Like you have to have uh, kind of control over it because yeah, boundaries get crossed all the time that you don't know about. Yeah. In, in sparring. Like sometimes we get into north-south and there's no more <laughs> yeah. weird type of... It's a 69! Yeah. And it's like, it gets real awkward if you're not into the sport. And yeah, you know,
1: especially if it's your first
2: class. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember I got a mounted triangle on one of the guys and they're their one hand was out and their other hand was stuck in there like right by my crotch yeah and it's been the only time like during jujitsu i've actually like jumped off and stopped the match because it just freaked me out for a second because he was like trying to like it was like he had no idea what he was doing right um he didn't realize where his hand was but he was trying to like work his hand up by his face <laughs> and it was like just like raised right up between my legs and i'm like nope nope <laughs> and he felt so bad after oh, he felt man. horrible after but it was one of those really
2: oh unfortunate funny
0: situations That's yeah crazy.
2: can you do that to me oh <laughs> I said that to John, not to not to Kelty. Yeah. If you're if you're <laughs> listening and not watching,
0: <laughs> I will not be doing that. No,
2: now. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my goodness, that is funny. I never heard that story before. Yeah,
0: it was awkward. But right there,
2: yeah, like awkward positions and like ugh, you have to work through it. Mm-hmm. And you should be very clear with your partner if, if you're uncomfortable with something or if, same with your if you're battling an injury like hey yeah. Watch this knee watch yeah. this shoulder same thing.
1: You know, what feels super weird to me is um, <laughs> When someone is like especially on my back uh, And you know, you're supposed to put your face really close to the person but when I start feeling like this is this is a very like sensitive place for me. And when I start feeling like the breathing and the beard and yeah. like it's all just like right up here and I'm just like, okay. Like like I'll actually like stop trying to take the like hooks out or whatever. And I'm not even defending a choke, I'm just like, just stop. <laughs> it's too weird. Oh fuck. Sometimes that happens to me, where yeah, but it's not traumatic. It's just funny. It just tickles. <laughs> it just tickles <laughs> and it makes me feel things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super
2: strong.
3: Oh, wow.
2: We're coming up on a, almost two hours. Yeah.
0: It's been um, one hour and 35 minutes. Oh, wow. Maybe a little bit less than that, but roughly about that. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good one.
2: This is a good one.
0: Do we have anything else? That, anybody else have anything that they want to talk about or mention?
2: Um, I think it's important just for the listeners, I think if you're struggling, if you're seeing a therapist or psychologist, I think it's very important, take the medication that they're prescribing. Um, If you don't like it, if you feel it's not working for you, have that discussion with them. I think it's a poor decision to just not take it at all and just stop uh, against their direction. Um, And if you're struggling with something, you should feel free to reach out to people, I think we did links to. Yeah,
0: we'll do links again um, yeah. to um, Suicide Prevention Hotline mm-hmm. if you need somebody to talk to right away. Because um, we did mention suicide again in this episode. We did. So, yeah. I'll we'll um,
1: right put Marty's phone number on. Yeah. Call Marty. <laughs> I'm if not the one struggling. you want to talk to. <laughs> Marty's work
3: phone. Yeah, the Marty <laughs> Marty's work, work phone. From. <laughs>
2: um, I think, yeah, I think that's important just to stay kind of stay the course if you're struggling like mm-hmm. it's it It does get better like yeah you, yeah i
0: think that's a big thing to mention like yeah. if you're if you've been through some shit and you're doing jiu-jitsu and you're like oh god will it always be like this no no it will get better it's you are kind of forced to go through it for a bit so be prepared for that have yeah. the outside support that will help you through that, which is ultimately like what worked best for me is like talking to my friends and being like this happened in Jiu Jitsu and I'm kind of fucked up over it. And having somebody to just like listen to that was huge. So I think the biggest thing is if you've, if you've gone through some shit and you're nervous about coming to Jiu Jitsu, just make sure that you've got something outside of Jiu Jitsu to support you.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't alienate yourself. Um, I know it feels sometimes that nobody else gets it and nobody else understands, but once you start talking, people will tell you, let me tell you about me and then you can find that common ground and you can understand that oh they people do understand. Mm-hmm. People have been through through similar circumstances. So I think that's important as well. Do you yeah. have anything?
1: Um uh, do you ever ask or like suggest to your coworkers especially to try like I know that you really push them to try jujitsu for a better way for conflict resolution. You know, like if mm-hmm. it becomes physical rather than yeah. re- uh, relying on a deadly force. Yeah. Um, do you ever do you ever like reach out to guys or like talk to or, or girls that um, you think might be struggling with yeah. mental health stuff? I do. And yeah.
2: I, I, I can see the symptoms sometimes in other people. I see the behavior shift mm-hmm. and I've pulled people aside. And I'm not saying that like jujitsu is the answer for it all. Um, But I had nightmares for years about like the shooting and other use of force things that I had been involved in before Mm jujitsu. And through therapy and through training with other people that are far more well-versed and well-read in these things, I learned that um, once you start training, so I was having nightmares about the shooting. Mm -hmm. That was my body telling me, Okay, you should go to the range and start training more, getting better, getting proficient with that skill. Once I started doing that, those nightmares went away. Mm -hmm. Once I started training jujitsu and forcing myself to be uncomfortable, the nightmares of bad experiences have completely gone away. I'm not saying that'll happen to everybody, but I'm saying that helped for me. And that's what I recommend to people. I'm like, maybe you need to kind of face that fear and that exposure therapy is really good, but in a controlled environment that yeah. with other people that love you and care about you and want to see you progress. <clears throat> yeah. So I do, I do recommend that to everybody I talk to at work and I'm very open. Like we have a a newer lady that's signed up. Her name's Tara. She's uh, a female cop on our squad and I our first shift together uh, she's like, so tell me about yourself. And I talked for the full shift of 11 hours of all the crap, all the shit I've <laughs> Surprising done. Surprising no then she's one. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, wow, you're really open. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you can read about it too. If you want, <laughs> here's a link. <laughs> but yeah, I try to be as open and like, cause that's the one thing I don't know a lot of men struggle with it but a lot of cops do as well if very type a they just bottle everything up and they try to tough everything out mm-hmm. i'm completely opposite now like i'm like no nope, everybody can know i don't care yeah, and if it helps other people progress and become better and get through whatever they're struggling with if i can help with that mm-hmm. i'm down whatever you need
1: yeah. yeah it feels good to to like have someone be like wow this really helped me and you're yeah like, oh, no problem yeah um but uh yeah i think that's to to have like just an understanding for people who might be thinking about trying um it sounds scary when you say oh yeah we're all trying to strangle each other but when you walk in that door and someone sees someone new they are they 100 everyone else in the club like yeah they're like okay well maybe like let's see how this person is but under, underneath it all I would say the vast majority of us if not all of us wish the absolute best for that person and we want yeah. them we want them to continue to show up and if they're not good at all we want to see them get good and that yeah. feels so good for us yeah 100% and then the other part of that is if they show up and they're absolute killers already or they're just naturally really good that helps us for our what we're doing Mm -hmm. because then we will navigate learn how to navigate around that in our own way too and it'll help us
2: there's nobody in that room when you walk into the mass there's nobody in that room that wants you to fail yeah everybody wants you to succeed
1: there's no ill intent no it's it's really nice i've never been to another well i have like in vietnam i went to another gym um and then i competitions but i i've I don't know what it's like at all the other ones, um, but I do think ours is fairly unique um, for a number of reasons. But, um, yeah, as far as what I've seen and what I feel and what I would drive home if I saw anything different is that we all want the best for everyone who walks in that door. It's like a, just to see someone like... I recently interacted with someone at the, who was to their first day or first trial you guys were at a competition or something mm-hmm. like that and he was very very shy and i was i talked to you about him right you did and i was so i was just like blown away that like this young really shy person showed up by themselves and put it all out there and uh i really really wanted to make a good impression on on that person I won't say who it is or anything like that, but um, yeah, anyone who walks in that door just to try it, it's like, it takes a lot of courage. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very, um, like, we're really uh, tough and and deadly and and just terrifying (laughs) groups of people, but we're also- The sweetest. Want to make you feel as comfortable as possible. And um, yeah, I'm just like, it's so encouraging. And I, I, I really am so happy to see new people try it and stick with it and it, just watch them flourish. It's like watching all these people create these friendships and stuff and the yeah. bonds. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm so blown away, especially by the, by the women um, and the, everything that you guys do together and mm-hmm. how supportive you are. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It makes us feel like, okay, hey, we need to pick up game too. <laughs> like, man, we need yeah. to support each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: women in Jiu-Jitsu have come like such a long way. Like you hear about women who are black belts now who when they started had to compete with the men because there was no other women competing. You know, like I think that women have really like, and there's been some influential like men along the way that have really like helped carve out a space for women in Jiu-Jitsu. And, right. You know, like, we I mean, want to be treated the same as any other athlete and we want to be able to train hard. And
1: I would actually, I don't know how you feel about this, but like if if a, a woman and a man at a competition both consented and agreed to compete against each other, I would love to see that. Yeah. It would be so cool. Or you're talking yeah. about
0: um, Craig Jones and...
1: Gabby Garcia? Gabby Garcia. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I want to see that. I don't keep up to date with all that. Oh, I yeah. hear some of that stuff, but...
0: I don't think that'll ever happen, it happen. I think that, like, yeah, I think that as like as we progress, we'll probably see some of it at one point. You know? Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I've never seen it at a competition. No. And I think, it but it used to like, happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard of um,
0: like high-level brown and black belts that have competed with the men. Like when I'm thinking of in particular, who identifies as gender fluid. In some competitions, it's competed with the men because there was just no women for them to compete against. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah,
2: that's very impressive.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be so okay. Like I was, I would say, I was about to say, like so much more impressive for the women to to put themselves in that situation, but also pretty impressive for the guy too because there's a really good chance that they're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, and to lose like that in front of your peers uh, to a woman. Like, that's big. It's yeah. yeah. really <laughs> big interesting
0: with me when I roll with some, not all men, but, like, some men for the first time. And I'm sure, like, your wife experiences this all the time, too. Yeah. Um, where they're, you can tell that they're not expecting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Like, they just, like, they have, like, they understand what jiu-jitsu is and, you know, that it's not about strength and everything like that. But they, you kind of see them have this realization of, like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah. so I, I sparred with your wife recently. And then she told me after, she's like, you're way more calm now. <laughs> she's I guess, she's like, the first time we sparred, she's like, you gave me a bloody lip and you were just flailing all over and you're yeah. lifting me up and trying to like power yourself out of stuff. And I was like, and that's the other
0: side of training as a woman too, is that like, sometimes you get guys where it's like, they're going to do whatever they can so that you like within the rule confines yeah. to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't beat them like they go really aggressive with you and you learn to kind of deal with it you learn who's safe to roll with and who isn't but it's always kind of like when you roll with like a one stripe two stripe um or brand new white belt sometimes where you're just like okay yeah roulette let's let's go what What am I gonna get out of this and then when you like even when they're being really aggressive with you and you can still manage to like get the better of them you're like okay, what I'm doing is working. Like, I'm actually learning something. Yeah.
2: So, Do you ever just smash a new white belt just to show them what's up and then let, take it easy? <laughs> <laughs> Establish dominance? So sort we're of being recorded right
1: now. Yeah. <laughs> and we just talked about how great people we are. Yeah, that's it's true. I shouldn't have asked that. No, well, okay. This is a... I mean, I don't Off topic. Know. Uh, I would say, honestly, like, I would say that I really really gauge um, people's ability because you 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 figure it out within like the first 10 or 15 seconds how strong someone is or how skilled they might be or how quick they are, stuff like that. Um, so I would say that I don't go like 100% with brand new people uh, on a very regular basis just because I don't want them to feel so you know awful yeah (laughs) and because by the end if you have tapped out a brand new person like within a five minute round it's possible to tap them out like four or five times Mm -hmm. uh they might feel really really bad after that and you know you don't want to risk them not coming back or something like that or thinking that you're a jerk like recently I rolled with someone and I got a triangle like back to back and I was like I even said right after the second one, I was like, I'm not being a jerk. It's just so there. Yeah. You know? And and then I afterwards, like, showed him exactly why. (laughs) Yeah. And then showed him how to do it on me. And then we had a really good conversation. Um, And I think, uh, but then if someone is like, going like 200% and they're flailing and freaking out and stuff like that, I'll, like, really, really be heavy on them and, and show them that they're they're going to get tired. Like, yeah. I love making someone exhausted by doing their, you know, yeah, uh, making them- bench presses or whatever, trying to get me off of them. I love that feeling because I'm, like, you need to learn this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's not going to work, you know, or yeah. whatever. But I'm not, like, you know, just, like, smash and
3: people <laughs> all the time i don't know <laughs>
1: not all the time but some of the time i guess like and then like some of the new people are like they get really good really quickly and you you need to like up your stuff so i, I feel like i i play it by ear all mm-hmm. the
3: time
2: that's yeah. good yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah yeah for sure you don't want to like make people not come back <laughs> yeah yeah
2: there's only been a couple people where I'm like, they're going to hurt me. Yeah. So I've had to be like, okay, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. There's only been yes, a couple legit. times. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, then they realize, oh, okay, I, I can't do mm-hmm.
3: that.
0: Your, your tolerance is also higher than my tolerance though, too. Like, yeah. You know, like what won't hurt you is up here. For me, the level, oh. the bar is lower about like where I'm going to get hurt. Very too. true. Yeah. yeah. And so it, 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 it I've had that conversation problem. with a couple people where I'm like, you need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you need to chill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very true.
0: On that note,
2: I think, uh, I think <laughs> that's a good place to uh, to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Shout out to everybody who got promotions today. Yes, congratulations
2: Woo-hoo. to everybody. I'm so proud of everyone. Yeah. you're all great training partners, and you make us all better. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah there were some really, really good ones today. Really emotional. It was like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, see. yeah.
2: Um, I think Ray is the only female that got promoted she did she was the
0: only one who got a belt today yeah we the women yeah
2: so congratulations ray it's well deserved yes uh, we love you you're uh, just a tank yeah yeah she's a great role like yeah very very good uh so john thanks so much for your time thanks, thanks. so much for being here thanks <laughs> yeah. for being our being my
1: friend yeah <laughs> thanks for being
0: our first official guest <laughs> yeah making us feel like a real podcast yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and that's one of the things that uh I Just one more thing. I was saying to you the other day, I listened to your podcast and you were talking about a friend of yours who uh, unfortunately took their own life. And uh, I texted you after I messaged you and I was mm. like, I was like, Marty, um, we're in this for the long haul, you know? Right. And, in, and inherently, that's another thing that comes with the dedication to jujitsu, to um, getting to black belt and beyond is it's like well over 10 years of your life. And then if you want to continue then you really, it's like forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you stay at the same gym, it's like, if you think about it, like you're going to know these people for the rest of your life. It's kind of weird, Yeah. but it's an, it's awesome. And that's why I messaged you. I was like, you know, just saying all the stuff, like you can like always talk to me and I would, uh, yeah. So I was like, we're in it for the long haul. And, uh, so yeah, saying like, thanks for being my friend. It's like, it's, it's, it is pretty solidified yeah. in many different ways. And if it's like ups and downs along the way, I um, just hope that we never get into any black belt drama. Yeah. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> so
2: well, on that note, uh, we'll see you later. John and I are going to go hold hands. Going to go cuddle on go the Go cuddle. <laughs> All
0: right. Thanks for listening. Okay. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.